This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Let's all love you. I'm glad you're here. Uh, if you got your Bible, go with me to 1 Timothy 6. 1 Timothy 6, we're going to go ahead and move in our area of, of allowing you to bring your tithes and offerings into the storehouse, like Malachi 3 talks about. As you're turning to, to 1 Timothy 6, if you ever want to read a chapter that's really good on this area, read 1 Timothy 6. It's got some incredible uh, revelation from the Apostle Paul on this. Just as you're turning there, a couple things I want to remind you of. We have our Spirit Day at Panda Express out here on uh, 114th and Quaker. That is a fundraiser for people to be able to go to the marriage retreat. So if you haven't gotten anything to eat, go out there and be sure and tell them you're with Faith Christian Family Church or show them the flyer, okay? Even if you don't like it, go ahead and get it and bless it, okay? We, we appreciate it. And then here's another thing. Uh, Sunday night, just at, at 6 to 8, we're having a, a men's night again. We did one back in, in like November. Very successful, very casual. That is this Sunday night from 6 to 8. And so uh, bring your $5 at the door, and we're going to feed you some stuff. And let, let me give you a little insight, men. There's, there's no football on that day, okay? We, we strategically planned that so we could get you out of the house and get you. Come, okay? It's very, very casual, and it'll be enlightening to you. All right, 1 Timothy 6, verse 10. Just really, really good info here. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. For the, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Now, you got to pick something up there that, that I highlight on that verse. He doesn't say money is the root of all evil. He said the love of money is. And so what happens when a human being begins to love money... I derive my identity through money. I derive my significance through money. Now think about this with money. Money is neutral. Money's not good or bad, but money takes on the character or the nature of the beholder. Okay? That's you and me. How many of you have ever had a dollar bill in your wallet or your purse and it just jumps out and screams, you're going to spend me here today? You're going to, no. And some of us think that's how it works. That's your flesh, okay? That's not the money. But the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. He goes on to say this, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness. So there is a warning right here that money has the ability to cause you to stray from the things of God. Now, if you ask me that question, Pastor, have you ever seen it? Oh, yeah, I've seen that. I've, I've witnessed that happen before. And I, I won't go into detail tonight on this person, but if I did, every one of you in this room would know who I was talking about. But it was a man that had incredible wealth. I mean, incredible wealth. And he, he came to church here, and I, I saw him got so turned on to God. I mean, he got so turned on to God. I, I would remember him coming to, to church on Wednesday nights, and he would have his Bible with him, and he'd sit right here. And he would come, and he would come, and 
He went to the men of iron and just got so full of God. And after the men of iron that year, he got water baptized. And, and it shocked people that this guy was coming to church. But you know what I believe got him? The love of money. And I started seeing him less, and I started seeing him less, and I started seeing him less because his identity and his significance was more based on that, that money than the things of God. And he said, it's caused many to stray from the faith in their greediness. And look at the last part. And pierce themselves through with many sorrows. To me, when I read that he pierced himself through, it's almost like a, a self-inflicted piercing that was a result of the love of money. So this becomes a warning to everyone. So, so how do I keep money from, from being the love of my life? I do it God's way. I learn to honor God with it. And, and when you begin to honor God, you know, you have this thought, it's not mine, it's his. I'm just a steward of it. And so it keep, keeps me in line and everything and keeps me from that selfishness. And so I encourage you this, do it God's way. How do you do that? You find out in the Bible what the word says, you know. Everything we need in life is found in the word of God. Well, let's pray. Father God, we love you again tonight. And, whew, Father God, if there's any levels of our life right now that we have the love of money above loving you, Lord, we, we ask you to forgive us of that. Help us to, to live by your word. And, Father God, we thank you right now that the, the, the money we have is all identified through you. Just your goodness, and we give you glory for that tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, you know, uh, over the years, I, I really enjoy speaking on the areas of giving. It's, it's very easy for me to speak on that. Number one is because my heart's right. And number two, I know it'll help you. And the reason I know it'll help you is because I've walked it out. I mean, I've just seen the faithfulness of God. So I always like, especially on Wednesdays, to take time to do this. Well, once you've got your Bible there, go with me into the Old Testament to the book of, of Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30, and I'm going to give you some B-I-B-L-E tonight. Again, my thought is always, you get the Word of God in you, you get God in you. And you start getting God in you, you'll start seeing changes. I don't care who you are. Now, just a passage, and I'm not going to take it there. We're going to Deuteronomy 30, and as you're turning there, uh, you, you hear me highlight this numerous times, numerous times, Joshua 1. So I encourage you to begin to pray and ask God to grace you with all the things that he said to Joshua 1. And he, he said four different times, he said, be of, of good courage and strength. Be, be strong and a good courage. So what would happen if we begin to say, Father God, give me your strength today. I, I need the strength of God. I need the courage of God. And then in, in Joshua 1, 9, he said that this book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth. Gr grace me, Father God, to get the word in my mouth. 
Because again, when I get the word in my mouth and I begin to speak it out, that's called the rhema. That's called the spoken word. So when I speak the word of God out of my mouth, I say stuff like this. I can be who God says I can be. I can do what God says I can do. And I can have what God says I can have all based on the word of God. So when you begin to get that, then he said in there that you meditate on it. You, you recite it in your mind day by day by day by day. Uh, Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinketh, so is he. And then you know what he said? That once you, you speak the word, you meditate on the word, that you would actually do the word. You would actually obey the word. Now, when I, I followed the recipe that God said to Joshua, guess what, what he says in the last part of, of Joshua 1, 9? Then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. I didn't say that. God said that. Yeah, there's two of you that said amen. It's a good thing to follow the word of God. So on those lines, pay pay real close attention here when we begin to go in this, because I I believe this with all of my heart. According to uh, Hebrews 4.14, it says, hold fast the confession of your faith. Hold fast the confession of your faith. Don't nullify the things God's desiring to do in your life by the confession of your faith. And oftentimes when life gets hard or difficult, I start yakking. Be careful, little mouth, what you say. Deuteronomy 30, verse 14. But the word is very near you, in your mouth, in your heart, that you may do it. That's very similar. And you're going to hear another passage that literally talks almost the same thing as this. The word is near you. How does the word get near me? When I get it in my mouth and in my heart that you may ultimately do it, that you may ultimately obey it. So what the Lord says there, he's, he's revealing to me and you the significance of the word of God in my life. Verse 15, see, I have set before you today. Now, as I go through this passage, you'll see the word today over and over and over. You, you, know, you know why I believe he's saying to, today, right now, is because we as human beings, we have the ability to procrastinate. Well, I'll do it sometime. Well, it's almost like the Lord has said, today, today. So he said, see, I've set before you today, life and good, death and evil. So it's almost like a buffet. And at this end of the table, the Lord said, I'm gonna give you life and good. And that end of the table, you're gonna get uh, death and evil. Verse 16, that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, keep his commandments, his statutes, his judgment, that you may live and multiply, that the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. Now, it's interesting there. He said, we are to love God and we are to obey God. The Lord Jesus said in in John 14, 15, he said, if you love me, obey my commandments. So the way we really show God that I I love you, Father God, 
is I obey him. Now, if I go back and I put in verse 15 and 16 together, the result of loving God and obeying God's word would literally be the first part of verse 15, life and good. When I choose not to obey, it is other side death and evil. Verse 17, but if your heart turns away so that you do not hear, you quit hearing the word of God, you quit listening to the, the word of God, and are you are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them. Now that's an idol. An idol is anything or any person that I allow to replace God in my life. Goes on here. Verse 18. I announce to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to go in and possess. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death I have set before you blessing and cursing, therefore choose life. Now, every time I, I read that right there, that God has set before us life and blessing or death and cursing, it's like those are, are multiple choices. Because he said, you get to choose. But on this exam that God's given us, he cheats. He, he literally, he tells us the answer. He says, choose life. Choose, come, choose life. And so what you begin to see here that every one of us, every day, we make choices with the word of God. And my choices have consequences of either good in life or death and curse. Choose life. The last part of verse 19, that both you and your descendants may live. So, my choices and your choices, they have the ability not to just to affect me, but your descendants. And I don't know about you, I want all my descendants to be blessed. I want my family to say, man, we are blessed, 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 blessed. Verse 20, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him. For he is your life and the length of your days, that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you. Now, again, what I see in here, that my actions choose the consequences that I'm going to live by. That's why we really need to learn to live a life of faith. Now that passage starting in, in Deuteronomy 30, verse 14, it cross-references me back into the New Testament to Romans 10. Go with me to Romans 10. Romans chapter 10. And what you're going to see here is a very similar blueprint to what we just read in Deuteronomy 30. But I want you to see this because this, this passage... I believe it's, it's the foundation of faith for every one of us. Verse 8, he stops and he says, but what does it say? Now, if I took you back to verse 6, it says, the righteousness of faith speaks. 
faith speaks. And he asked this question, but what does it say? What, what does faith say? The word of God is near you in your mouth and in your heart. The, the word is near you as simple as the tongue in your mouth and the heart that's in your chest. And he goes on to say, it's the word of faith that we preach. It's the word of faith in our life that literally welcomes God. The word of faith. Now, what you see here is he said, it's got to be in your mouth. So when I read that part there, there cannot be faith without confession. There cannot be faith without the words coming out of your mouth. Now, here's how powerful your words are. Your words always locate you, but they also fulfill the landmarks of your life. Now, he's, he's showing us some, some things here again that i got to get a hold of. Verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved or you will experience salvation. So the only way you get born again is you must confess the Lord out of your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. And if I read Romans verse, uh, chapter 10, verse 9 correctly, that is the way you're going to be saved. Now, I highlight this because this is the exact same way that we appropriate every other area of God's word in our life. Every area. So if the blessings of God and the promises of God in the word, you got to start speaking them out of your mouth. And here's what I believe begins to happen. I begin to speak the word out of my mouth. And the more I speak it out of my mouth, it starts taking root down in your heart. You know what I'm telling you? Keep speaking the word. Keep speaking the word. And before long, there'll be one day that it's almost like a light bulb on the inside goes off. You're like, bing, and you're like, oh my gosh. Let me ask you this. How many of you have read scripture week after week, month after, sometimes year after year, and then one day you're reading it, and it's like it comes off the page, and it comes alive in you? How many of you have ever experienced that? That's what this is, and it's like, Man, I'm just gobbling up the word. I just keep hearing the word. I keep, I keep eating the word. Now, as human beings, we love to eat. We eat and we eat. We don't have to be, man, this is what I got to do. I got to keep eating the word, and I, I got to keep speaking it out of my mouth. Verse 10, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So what you see here is the importance and the power of faith's confession. A confession is a, a binding public acknowledgement. So what you see here, oral confession, out of your mouth and my mouth, it confirms and it seals the belief in my heart. Do you know, there's not a day goes by that I don't thank Jesus for being Lord of my life. I tell him, I said. Oh, Lord, I receive you as Lord of my life again today. I welcome you as Lord. So what begins to happen? And I just keep speaking those things out of my mouth. 
Now, same chapter. There's a nugget in here I'm not going to bypass. Verse 17, Romans 10, 17. So then, faith comes by hearing. Now, how did he say faith would come? By hearing. He didn't say who, has, who you have to hear. So tonight, you're hearing. You're going to hear the word of God, so faith is going to come. But you know what? You can hear yourself. So he said, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So it's a, a repetition. It's day by day by day. It didn't say, all you got to do is hear one time and you're good. No. I hear and I hear. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's why you need to read the word of God. You need to hear the word of God. Get you great translations where you desire to get into the word. And again, the more I hear the word, God's going to get in me. And when God starts getting on the inside of you, there starts being changes on the outside of you. That's a result of the word of God. And you know what people begin to say? What happened to you? What happened to you? Well, I gave my heart to Jesus and then I fell in love with the word of God. And whoop, here I am. That's the power of the word of God. That's what God desires to do for every one of us. So faith is what activates God. And one of the predominant ways that my faith is released is through the words of my mouth. So if you ever study the word of God, the exact opposite is faith. I mean, the exact, the exact opposite of faith is fear. Matthew 12, uh, 34 says, out of the abundance of the mouth, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if the predominant way that, that faith is activated is by my words, what would be the predominant way that fear is activated? By my words. I, I speak fear. I speak doubt and unbelief. Now just for a little bit tonight, I'm going to take you back into the Old Testament to the book of Job. The easiest way to find Job is it's right before the Psalms. Go all the way back to Job chapter one. Years ago, years and years and years ago, I thought this was the book of Job. And so I remember saying to a guy, hey, Job, not Job, but Job. And I said, or he said, I need a job. And I said, we well, ought to go to the book of Job. And the guy looked at me and said, that's not Job, that's Job. And I didn't know. I was like, you got to be kidding me. So I've come a long way. I know the difference now between Job and Job. So this guy named Job here, the author of this book is unknown. Many believe it was either Moses or Solomon. And so Job was a wealthy Gentile that God himself said he's a servant of mine and let me read you just a little bit about this guy named Job here in Job chapter 1 verse 1 there was a man in the land of Uz not, not Oz not the wizard of Oz okay Uz whose name was Job and that man was blameless he was upright and one who feared God 
and he shunned or turned away from evil. Now, when it says that he was blameless and upright, guys, listen, that doesn't mean that he was without sin. It just literally means the daily pattern of his life, he leaned more toward righteousness than he did evil. So you get an idea just briefly, real quick here, of this guy named Job. Now, I'm going to have to paraphrase because of time. So Job had all kinds of, of possessions. He had every type of animal there was, and he had a bunch of kids. Well, the devil came on the scene. And the devil acted like the reason Job was there was only because God had blessed him. And so the devil pretty much tempted God and said, you know what? If, you took every, if, I, if I could take everything away from him, he'd curse you. He would turn his back on you. So in chapter 1, Job goes through trial after trial after trial. Most of the trials he went to would wipe most human beings out. And so when these trials come, God doesn't allow trials come to, to, to see you fail. God allows trials to come to find out what's really on the inside of you. Where do you really stand? So to me, when trials come, you know what he's saying? I'm going to strengthen your faith. So in, in all these trials, Job loses all his livestock. No more sheep, no more camels, no more donkey. They're wiped out. And the worst thing that happens... He loses all his kids, all of them. The last verse of Job chapter 1, verse 22. Now listen to this. In all this, everything that Job had gone through, he did not sin nor charge God with the wrong. So when life got tough and everything turned bad, he didn't turn his back on God, and he didn't, he didn't blame God. He didn't speak out of his mouth, you're a sorry God. Why would you do all that? To, why would you let that happen to me? Now turn with me just a couple pages to, to Job chapter 2. And his life is bad. Verse 9. Then Job's wife said to him, Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Do you still maintain your integrity? Do you still believe that there's a God? Do you still believe he's a good God? Now look at what his wife says to him. Curse God or renounce God and then just die. What a solution. Sounds like a woman of faith. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, just, just curse God and die. It's that simple. Verse 10. But Job said to her, you speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God and shall we not accept adversity? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. Woo! So at this point, Job's wife here, she's astonished that Job continued with his integrity and his steadfast faith. But here's a, here's a thing for you. Listen look close what he said here. In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. So you know what that tells me? Man, my lips can get over into some things that I really don't want to get over. I'm, 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 I'm turning to 
to Psalms 39. Don't go there, okay? Write this down if you're a note taker. That statement that I will not sin with my lips is Psalm 39, verse 1. Now listen to what this is. This is King David. He said, I said, I will guard my ways lest I sin with my tongue. I will restrain my mouth with the muzzle while the wicked are before me. And so I, I begin to think about that. When life comes at you real hard, you, you got to guard your ways because if you don't, you're going to sin with your tongue. And it's interesting, he said, I will restrain my mouth with the muzzle. So you know what he's saying? I've become very, very selective with the words that come out of my mouth. So this is a thought for every one of us in this. I, I'm not exempt from trials. You're not exempt from trials. You're not exempt from adversity. Actually, the Lord said in John 16, he said, in this world, you will have tribulation. It's not if we're going to go through stuff. But it's, what do I do when I'm in the stuff? Do, do I lose my kingdom integrity? Do I, I allow my mouth just to become a machine gun and I begin to speak ugly? Doubt and unbelief. So guess what's happening right here? There's a lesson for every one of us in this. What's the lesson? Be careful, little mouth, what you say. Be careful. Why is that? Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Turn to Job chapter 3, verse 25. Now listen, listen to this. This is Job talking, and he said, For the thing I greatly feared has come upon me. The thing I greatly feared has happened to me. And what I dreaded or was afraid has actually happened to me. It has come true. I wonder this. If Job didn't start voicing his greatest fears. I don't know that. But what he just said. So again... If faith is activated predominantly by the words that come out of my mouth, so is fear. Verse 26. I am not at ease, nor am I quiet. I have no rest or peace, for only trouble or turmoil comes. Now when he says, nor am I quiet. You know, there are times in my life that I've said to the Lord, Help me, grace me to keep my mouth shut. Grace me to be quiet. Because this tongue, and you heard this last week in James chapter 3, your tongue in proportionate to the rest of your body is tiny. But remember, it has great power. Incredible power. Job chapter 6, verse 1. Then Job answered and said, Oh, that my grief, my anguish, and my misery were fully weighed or could be weighed, and my calamity and my troubles laid with it on the scales. It was put on the scales. It was so much of them. 
For then it would be heavier than the sand of the sea. Therefore, my words have been rash. I voice my words. Same chapter, verse 24. Now listen to this. Teach me and I will hold my tongue. Teach me and I will hold my tongue. Do you remember what James said last week in James 3? Man has tamed every animal, every bird, but no man can tame the tongue. It is deadly. It is full of ungodly poison. But he said, teach me and I will hold my tongue. So to learn to be, to be the person who holds my tongue, you're going to have to be taught. And you know who's going to teach you? Pastor, you're going to teach you. No, you don't want me to teach you, okay? I'm not the... The Holy Spirit will teach you. The Holy Spirit will come in. And there's times, he'll say, be quiet. And there's times it's, I speak the word. Teach me, teach me. Cause me to understand wherein I have erred. Cause me to understand where I've gotten off track. And I believe what he's talking about, where I've gotten off track with my words. And there's times in my life, again, guys, I, I, I've said things out of my mouth. And after I said it, I was like, oh, my gosh, that's not what I want. That's not what I desire. Verse 25. Man, I, I got this marked in here incredible. How forceful are right words. How forceful are, are right words. So listen to me. I always spin this off the other way. If right words are forceful, what about wrong words? Go with me to, to Proverbs chapter 8, and we'll end with this. Just making you think here, okay? So I, I begin to pick up things with, with Job. And again, when I go back and I read that story, and again, he, he turns out great. If you read the rest of the story, guys, God blesses him double. God blesses him double. But I, I, I begin to think about in my life, what happens when adversity comes? Do I get mad at God? Do I start yakking? See, let me ask you something. Don't raise your hand on this. How many of you are in a season of adversity? How many got some stuff that's coming at you? I mean, the best way you can explain it is, Pastor, the junk has hit the fan. You know what I'm talking about. Well, the junk is going to hit the fan at times in our life. And so when the going gets tough, you know what the tough get going? They start preaching, their, they start speaking the word. Remember, remember uh, Ephesians 6? The word of God, which is the sword of the Spirit. Again, I kind of, guys, I fight back, I fight back. We go back to everything we've talked about these first few weeks here in January. Uh, the Lord Jesus, remember when the devil came up, started messing with him in Matthew 4 three different times. You know what Jesus said? He said, hey, it's written, it's written. So you know what he did? He took the word of God like a sword and he jabbed him with it. Every time the devil would pop off, he would jab him with it. And you know what it said? The devil left. He went for a more opportune time is what that said. So he's like, 
I'm, I'm tired of getting jabbed by the Word of God. You know what? He doesn't like it when believers know the Word of God. He gets nervous. Proverbs 8, verse 6. Listen, for I will speak of excellent things. I will speak of excellent things. And from the opening of my lips will come right things. For my mouth will speak truth. You know what truth is? The B-I-B-L-E. How do you know that? John 8, 32, only the truth will set you free. That's the word of God. So he says three things there. Excellent, right, and truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. I cannot stand the taste of evil. Boy, wouldn't that be a prayer? Woo, Father God, grace me with that. All the words of my mouth are with righteousness. Nothing crooked or perverse is in them. So where do we go with this? Guys, I begin to see over and over again. And the Bible becomes so clear with my words and my heart. So your homework assignment is, man, when, when adversity comes, and remember, it's going to come. Find scripture and then speak it out of your mouth. How long till you see victory? Just keep speaking to the mountain. Keep speaking the word of God. Find scripture, find scripture. So, again, I'm going to give you just a, a real quick uh, a thing in my own life. And a lot of times in my life, I use the areas of my life where, man, I'd, I'd get my rear kicked. And so I, I remember this as a young boy. I mean, real young. I, I had problems with sleepwalking. And the older I got, the worse it got. And it, it became, it became a, a fear on me. I, I'd say out of my mouth, man, I, I'm, I'm going to go to bed tonight, and there's no telling what I'm going to do. And so it was so bad that I, I'm, I'm married. I'm in my 20s. I, I can go out. I can open locks, deadbolts, chains in my sleep. I can get outside. I cruise the neighborhood. That's bad when you're in your 20s. You're out cruising the neighborhood in your whitey tighties and you look like this. You're like. There was one time that we lived in a, in a little condo and our bedroom was on the second floor. And to this day, I don't know what happened. But I got out from the upstairs and I went down without a ladder. There wasn't nothing there. And I woke up, and I was down on the ground and everything. I'm thinking, oh, my. Grab the door, and I can't get in. It's locked. So I have to ring the doorbell. Shelly comes and looks, and I'm awake now. She says, what's going on? And I was like, man, I'm prowling the neighborhood to get in my sleep. I knew that wasn't God's will for my life. I knew it wasn't. So I started digging. I said, I know there's got to be stuff in the Bible about my sleep. So I found scripture. Psalms 127.2. Proverbs 3.24. Psalms 4 verse 8. I can keep giving them to you. So I started praying those. 
Psalms 127.2 says, I give my beloved sweet and peaceful sleep. I said, oh, there it is. So when you find it written in the word, you know what that is? That's your title deed. I got the word. So anytime you can show the devil that you got it in the word, you can tell him to shut up. I got the word. I started praying that over him. I still pray it. Start, stuff started happening immediately. You start, oh no, oh no, it was a battle. It was a, I stayed with it and I stayed with it. They kept speaking the word. Thank you, Father God, you give me sweet and peaceful sleep. You give your blood, I'm your beloved. The word of God will work when you get your mouth and your heart in line with it. So I'm gonna quit telling you those stories because you're gonna have to keep coming back for it. And I'll keep telling them to you, okay? Why don't you stand up? I got to get you out of here. They'll fire me. Goodness of God, huh? Goodness of God. Why don't you raise your hands to heaven if you feel comfortable doing that tonight. Father God, we thank you for your word. Oh, Lord, everything we just read there in Proverbs 8, Father God, grace us right now that we speak excellent words, right words and truth out of our mouth. Teach us. Holy Spirit, teach us. We welcome you in this area of our life. Grace us to be men and women of faith that we believe in our heart and we speak or confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, but also your word. And Lord, put, put Deuteronomy 30 within us. Breathe that into our hearts tonight. And you get glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you clap to the Lord? Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com